Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What? I don't remember my name. Shut up. (laughs) Hi, everyone. This is Tina, and this is Badass Pub, and this is take three. (laughs) Um, So tonight we are joined by Ren. Verbally. Verbally. Don't even start. And Margaret. Hello. And she had a really funny, her last name is Bale, as in get out of jail. Mm-hmm. And then Dino, and we're just going to ignore him because he's a pervert. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh, I, I wanted to have Margaret specifically on the show, and I swear to God, I feel like I've just done this. Um, <laughs> I wanted to have Margaret on the show because I wanted to specifically find out about um, having an agent, you know, things that an agent will notice in contracts what are some of the standard things in a contract so that if you get a contract and you don't know if it's normal that you know Janet or not Janet that Margaret can say you know what if you see this in here that's normal so but anyway tell me what an author would expect their agent to do for them well, an agent does a lot of stuff. Do you want to know just in terms of contract or just overall? Um, what, what's the overall? Just to hit the highlights that someone should should expect their agent to do. Because okay. there's probably a lot of people that say they are agents and they're sitting there and they got their thumb right. up their asses. Right. Well, some agents are editorial agents. Some agents aren't. An editorial agent will help you to refine your manuscript before it gets submitted. Um, some want it to be perfect before, you know, they when they've signed it on. Um, beyond that, an agent will help you by submitting to um, different publishers. There are a lot of smaller and mid-sized publishers that don't require agent submission, but if you're looking for traditional publishing, um, the big five kind of houses, then you can't get in without um, an agent. Um, and so an agent will... Submit your project to those houses. Once you've signed, well, when you are offered by an editor, then the agent's job is to um, negotiate the terms of the contract and then to negotiate the details of the contract. Um, Every publishing house has a different contract. 
literally. Okay, okay let me let me ask you something. Okay. Um. Okay, say someone says that they're an agent. Mm-hmm. Does that give? Can anyone just call themselves an agent to get like a toe in the door with the big five, or is there some way that these traditional publishers know? Yeah, that person's an imposter agent. Well, there are people who who call themselves agents who don't know what they're doing. If you just hang, I mean, literally, you can just hang out a shingle and say, "Hey, I'm an agent." But um, good agents will start um, as interns at another agency. Will learn um, the ropes as you know an assistant and an associate agent. Um, will go through the effort to learn what they need to learn from an agent who's been in the business for a long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can totally get scammed by somebody who says they're an agent and doesn't know what they're doing. Right. I think well, that'll it, go against them though, because anybody who tries to do that, their name, the, the publishing industry, while it seems vast, is actually very small. And those yeah. names will get passed around in the industry and they'll look be on the lookout for people who are scammers. We know who the scammers are. I'm not an agent, but I've been in this circle for a long time and, mm -hmm. and there's lots of agents and, and the word spreads very quickly, you know, like absolute right and things like that. Where and the editors and predators has, has yeah. a list of scammers. Right. Um, yeah. And I have known of some people that got put on editors and scheditor editors <laughs> and predators. Right? That was a good word. Um, <laughs> and it, it was basically, it, it wasn't that there were, scamming it's that there was a business decision and the author decided to be a little bitch <clears throat> so, oh, yeah. but, yes. but they do try to weed out the you know not everyone's always going to be happy with everyone's services that's just you can't please everyone all the time but they right. do try to weed out the normal business disagreements from the actual scammers but they are a good resource for finding people that are absolutely and totally full of shit mm -hmm. um, so well is there a degree that someone that wants to become an agent should look into not that I know of I think a lot of not as not specific to agency um, contract law. What's that? Uh, contract law. I, I would uh, anticipate an agent to have a um, some you know jurisprudence or Jewish doctorate or something like that. Well, yeah, as long as it's publishing specific, um, you know, there are a lot of there there are a lot of attorneys who are contract specific attorneys, but they're not publisher publishing contract specific. Right. I, I appreciate agents that actually know how to read a contract. I, I really do. And well, and that's one of the big parts of being an agent is being able to negotiate the deal and also negotiate um, the terms of the contract also. Yeah, the legalese that seems to permeate. Right. <clears throat> I hate to be careful so, about the process, but um, to be honest with you, one of the reasons why I like agents is because they, they vet the product and the author first. If, exactly. if the author can't find an agent to actually represent them, then it's it. And then I have to vet them, and it's <laughs> for me. And I've taken on authors before that were just burdensome because they didn't know the process. Mm -hmm. They they were unfamiliar with the territory, and that took time and ultimately money out of my own pocket because I had to educate the people. Mm -hmm. And that's something that honestly an agent could be doing for me. 
Right. And that's another job for an agent is to be like the go-between between the editor and the uh, between the author and the editor. Um, so you can, yeah, and the publisher. So that you can, like, so that author and the editor and publisher can maintain that, you know, positive relationship and then the agent is the one who deals with any of the business. Yeah, let me focus on my job. You focus on your job. Right, that's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Efficiencies in economy, that's what makes this whole business work well. Mm -hmm. Not that it works well, but that's the only thing that makes it work well. <laughs> yeah. Can you be? Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you, Margaret. Do you find that the, <clears throat> the authors that search out agents now, the authors that are searching you out mm -hmm. specifically, are they more educated about the publishing process and what all is involved in than, you know, say, authors before digital publishing hit? No. Hey. <laughs> no, really? No, no, I don't think so. I Actually, I think, you know, it's like two separate things. Although there are lots and lots of hybrid authors, I think authors who um, focus primarily on digital publishing, I, I think the ones who are really serious about it and do well at it often will be very well-rounded. They understand the business of it very well, especially if they're successful. Um, they may not, some of, I mean, a lot of the stuff you see self-published is maybe not highest quality writing. It's some shit, you can say it. <laughs> some um, shit. So, Honestly, so I've seen some work shit. on that, but, you know, um, but, you know, there are many authors still dream of being traditionally published, and I don't know that they necessarily, a lot of the authors I sign are completely naive about the whole industry and the process, and that's why they want an agent to take care of that for them. Well, see, I, I've known Janet, God, has it been five years? It's been a while. I think so. And she was <laughs> always, I think it's been five years, honestly, I really Somewhere do. In there. Fuck. Man, I should be like a millionaire by now. You know, get on that. I'm telling you. Um, I mean, as much work as, as I've done, I should be like fucking making that shit rain every night in the fucking kitty bar. But, um, Where did this conversation go? Shut up, I'm talking. But, I mean, Janet Wren... <laughs> Everybody always. knows my pen name. Okay, fine. That's good because I can't keep you separated. Okay, Wren has always wanted to be traditionally published. Always. That was all she ever thought about. I was like, do it your fucking self. Do it your fucking self. I will do your formatting for fucking free. She <laughs> will do your editing. Fuck. Do it yourself. So, and now I work for a publisher, which is really fucked up. But <laughs> I will not point out that irony, but I'm glad you did. I point out the irony all the time that, you know, I was so vocally for, for you know, do it yourself. Um, and now I still am, but I'm, I'm also a big fan of, of my, my publishing entity with Dino, right? So, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of working on a, a schizophrenic. Fuck, no, re no wonder I drink, right? Right. So, um, I mean, but that was all, all Ren ever talked about was she wanted an agent, she wanted a publisher, she wanted to do it traditionally. And I know that there are still tons of authors that that's, that's their pinnacle that they strive for is mm -hmm. yet in the meantime, they'll publish themselves, 
but they're striving for a a traditional contract. Well, I think and, in today's day and age, because of the options that are available to authors that weren't, you know, five, six, seven, ten years ago, um, it helps to know every end of the business. Like, I'm glad that I went the way that I did and had the bumps in the road that I did because I learned a whole hell of a lot about this business from the ground up, um, trying to go in the traditional doors and then seeing how to self-publish and how not to self-publish so that I didn't just first start out of the gate, throw my first manuscript up there and call it a day and then be one of those shit authors who didn't care about anything. I'm right. glad I was you know, rejected and knew what to fix and honed my craft and, and worked at it. And, and because this publishing is a rejection business. It's a rejection-based business no matter what end you're on from querying to the editors to the readers. And if you don't build that thick skin up from the start, you're not going to survive in this business. And that's what a lot of authors getting into it and just self-publishing don't realize. You know, and, and they, they bitch all the time about reviews. And that's just one aspect of the rejection you're going to get. Because not everyone's book is going to please 100% of the people 100% of the time. You're going to get some people who are like, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't deal with, with the main character. I wanted to fucking slit her throat. Well, <laughs> and then you can have something else that's like, the main character is awesome. You know, whatever floats your boat, it, it's not always going to meet everyone's standards for what makes a good reading experience. Yeah, so I would, subjectivity. I, I would like to say that, um, you know, I think a lot of my newbie clients that come to me as, as ebook builders, I don't really notice them being any more educated about the process than any of the ones ever came before. And I would think that, you know, before you make your foray into it, you, you've already done as much research as you can but then I'm an information junkie so but I, I know that not everyone's like that and I hear someone's heartbeat not me well I have a heartbeat but you probably don't hear mine <laughs> maybe it's me my microphone's sitting between my breastages and so it, it could be I'll hold it up here with your big tatas yes Who's on your shirt? Who's on your vampire shirt? Because I saw vampires, but that's all I can really see because I don't want to be like looking at your tits. I have um, the mom. You know, she's from the Munsters. Right. The original Dracula, the silent one. The serial killer, which is. Oh, that's Count Chocula. Count Chocula. Uh, the one that didn't get interviewed from Interview with Vampires. Oh, so that would—that's not Lestat. <laughs> that's Lewis and Louis. And then I've got the one to be slayed from Buffy. It's Spike, uh, mathematician. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's I have the classic. I have Bela Lugosi, the werewolf hunter. Who was the werewolf hunter? See my boob. See my boob right here. I know. <laughs> Ben Helsing. And everyone, let's give Janet a round of applause for her boobs. Yeah, there you go. See? If only had tassels. Now if you can make them swing in opposite directions at the same time. We'd make it rain. Right? If that gets me in the door, whatever. 
Yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> well, well, for a book contract. Okay, so an author has gone through and has found an agent. They found you, and you're like, they found you, Margaret. <laughs> Not just anyone. They found you, Margaret. She's mine. <laughs> and, and they're like, completely clueless. Okay. What's the first step you do? If they bring you... I'm not going to say you're going to make them send it back to a, an editor yet again. But if they bring you a novel, and it is fantastic. Okay. As good as, you know, it, it's been edited on their own several times, mm -hmm. they bring it to you. What's your first step as an agent? Um, if we need any other polishing, we do that. And then I put together a list of um, editors at publishing houses that are appropriate for it, I write a, um, a submission letter and I send it out. Um, and it takes freaking forever because <laughs> editors have a truckload of manuscripts to read. And uh, if they ever get back to me sometimes, most of them are going to be rejections. Uh, and when uh, the one comes through that says, yes, we want it, then you know, we negotiate whatever the offer is, including uh, any advance and uh, subrights, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Once we come to an agreement on that, then they send me a contract, and then I read that and um, make any changes that are be beneficial to the author. Uh, and then we argue about it for a while, and then once we figure out what works, um, uh, once everybody's agreed, then we sign it, and we're all happy, and there you go. And okay. Makes lots of money, and everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, if only. And Dino, I'm going to pass something on to you. We see when you put that phone in your pants. Stop. <laughs> stop. And looking, going, what the fuck is Dino doing? I know, I was distracted too. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> I know, I'm typing I'm to like, Dino. I'm like, looking, I think a porn film in the background. I know. I'm going, what the fuck is he doing? Um, okay. Um, You're making I'm Mark cry. That I was listening to you, Margaret. <laughs> now, I'm hoping anyone that's not actually watching the video was paying attention because I think you probably said some things that's very intelligent. Because I know you, and I've dealt with you before on other things. Um, what are some of the things that, like, a, an author would see in their contract and go, wait, this isn't right, that you've seen that an author would think it's not right, but it, it's actually pretty normal and standard, and it doesn't mean that the publisher is doing something nefarious? Well, that's a hard question <laughs> because, like I said earlier, every contract is completely different. And I've seen some that are like 30 pages long and have ridiculous crap in them. And then I've seen really short ones that are like seven pages long, you know, and are really straight to the point. Um, and I have to add stuff to, actually. Um, I would say that authors definitely want to... Uh, keep an eye on, oh, kitty. <laughs> oh, squirrel. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, Want to keep an eye on the term of the contract. 
um, they want to keep an eye on how uh, long the publisher wants to keep their work, um, how long it'll be between um, signing and publishing, um, how many of the subrights the publisher wants to keep, um, make sure that you have a reversion clause so that they, um, the publisher won't like keep your work forever. Right. Um, <laughs> And if Make, they go out of business, you're fucked because you can't right. get back. Right. Um, make sure that there's definition of out of print for both print and digital. Um, Are you uh, taking notes on this, Dina? Because I mean, <laughs> the things that she's saying, I'm thinking, yeah, our contract has that. Our contract is like two years. Oh, you read it. <laughs> you read the contract. No, I just hand it out indiscriminately, and I'm like, you tell me if you think it makes sense, and then I just leave them hanging. Actually, I'm kind of wondering if uh, if you can include a little specificity to your uh, to, to the, to, the to, to your stuff. You, you talk about you know the, these clauses should be in there. Well, yeah, they they should be in there, but you know, specifically, like, well, um, the, what's your definition of out of print? You know, for POD as well as uh, print, normal print, traditional print, or digital. What, what's your definition for that? How, how do you define out of print for a POD product? Well, I think um, for every, I think every agent has a different idea of what they want to be the definition. Yeah, I'm talking to Margaret, though. What does Margaret think? Margaret um, is telling you. I know. <laughs> we have, uh, I can't remember the details of it right now, but we have a we have a standard uh, for the agency that we expect for um, out of print. I think it's like I can't remember two hundred and fifty dollars per. I don't, I don't remember what it is. It's the, but it's if the uh, you know if the the book doesn't make a certain amount of money in a certain time frame within a certain time frame for digital anyway. Um, that we that it would be considered out of print, and then you know for print books also, you know if it doesn't sell a certain number um, of books within a certain time frame, then it would be considered out of print. And then the POD issue. Um, I haven't dealt with that as much, so um, I'd have to look at you know the the wording on what we consider the what we prefer to consider the standard. Well, because a POD usually comes from, you know, a smaller or indie pub that doesn't do a traditional print run. I mean, that like with Evernight, we've got POD. I mean, we've got a print version of it that you can order, but it is POD. You don't get a certain print run. You don't have a standard 3,000 book print run coming off in. Those are really two different things. Right. Yeah, so uh, it, I just uh, okay. Then um, for uh, for your subsidiary rights, mm -hmm. what do you consider? Uh, I guess exclusively agent uh, author uh, domain, or what do you think is uh, available to the publisher? Well, and again, that depends what on should the publisher. Uh, you know, what would you what should you expect the publisher to retain? What do you think? Uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, regard as you know, authors exclusive. Well, we try to retain for the author um, audio rights, um, film, TV, dramatic rights, and translation rights. 
certainly. Um, I've done merchandising rights. I've done um, like uh, graphic novel rights. It depends on many of the big publishers uh, don't like to negotiate those at all. And so it takes, you know, some dealing, wheeling and dealing to, to get them. Um, because the, the authors can generally, I mean, if the agent keeps those rights and sells them um, independently of the publisher, we can usually get more money for a bigger percentage for the author than if it remains with the publisher. And I found that oftentimes publishers don't exploit those rights as aggressively as agents do. Um, and they offer a smaller percentage. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to exploit the fuck <laughs> out of digital <coughs> audio and print. I'm just telling you. Well, well, publishers are, I mean, they always get the, they always get the, you know, the rights for the digital and um, print in English. Um, but the audio rights, you know, if you guys have connections with, the, um, with Audible and like Tantor and, the, and any of the other um, audio production companies, then, then you know depending on what you what percentage you offer your authors versus what um, their agents offer them, mm -hmm. you know they end up having agents trying to negotiate to retain those rights. Right. Oh, well, specifically, uh, what are those percentages? Well, again, uh, many of the publishers have different rates. So, you know, some publishers will offer maybe 50%. Some publishers will offer 30%. You know, it just depends on the publisher. Well, where's Margaret at on that? Um, I don't, I think we do, I think Inklings is 80-20. Um, the author gets 80, we get 20. So, so that's okay. your, um, that's like after, say, say Ren was with Caliente. I'm just using an example. I'm not making any breaking news or nothing like that. <laughs> By the way. So um, say she was with Caliente and we're doing everything, print, audio, digital. And uh, we're doing print-on-demand. We're not necessarily doing a, you know, 1,000, 2,000, you know, standard print, imprint run. So you're primarily doing digital with print-on-demand, then? Um, well, see, that's, that's kind of, it, it's kind of hard to describe because we have the press in-house. Mm -hmm. So we're doing the actual printing, and then we've got distribution avenues in place that they'll be put there as well as being available to all the standard retail locations. Does that make sense? So um, you would so you would be running a print run and producing it for retail and then yeah. also okay. Yeah, but it would it would be vertical retail instead of actual um, what you think of, you know, getting it in the actual bookstores. It, it's there, but it, we have a different distribution model in mind. Okay. So, um, you going to jump in anytime, Silver Fox? <laughs> or am I? 
No, I'm, I'm changing that name. I am changing that name. I'm, I'm no longer going to respond to that one at all. He's filthy <laughs> fucking martini. That's horrible. Just, that is just horrible. Martini. Asti Spumanti. Sounds like a gay slur. Okay, <laughs> if it fits. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Uh, so, we... Pure conjecture. We've signed Ren. And we're going to do print audio, and digital. Um, she's getting the 50%. For audio. For audio. Okay. Now, are you getting 20% of her 50%? No. In that case, I would get 15 of whatever she gets because as her agent, I okay. get 50% of whatever she would sell for her. Okay, so fifty percent of either fifty percent or fifteen percent of the, you know. Okay. All right. All right. Good. But I probably would let you keep the audio. I would probably keep it. <laughs> She'll fight for it. Because I think audio is in our contract. Audio is in our um, publishing, correct? Yeah, it is. Well, that would be one of those things I would negotiate out of your contract. <laughs> That's fine. I'm glad you know me, Margaret, and didn't take the offense at that. <laughs> no, it's just no one said anything, so I was, I was busy drinking drinking my adult beverage, so I couldn't, I couldn't very well say fuck off. So, um, don't you like my nails? So anyway, um, <laughs> yes, better to stab an agent with. I yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, they. I. It's nice to know that I got all the barbecue sauce out from underneath them. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> I made. I was. I was telling Ren earlier. I am a. I smell like a redneck's wet dream. I smell like barbecue smoke. <laughs> When I first came on, her hair were in giant, giant rollers. She just got her bra on, and then she's smelling like McRib, and I'm like, oh, my God. What the hell happened to you? <laughs> she's like, is this the white, the white trash broadcast? <laughs> so, but I did up ribs and chicken thighs and cabbage yeah. and cauliflower. That sounds good. Yeah. Wow. I do it's know how to grill. Time. I don't cook for shit, but I do grill. I will make someone a good husband sooner or later. Can grill. I can attest to this. So, um, what what is something you would tell an author if it was ever in a contract? Run the other fucking way. If they um, want to keep your book forever. And won't you know if the term of the contract is like forever, and there's they won't allow any reversion, right? Uh, In perpetuity. Yeah. Look, that's a big um, word. Did y'all get? Did y'all know I knew that word? Yeah. Word, Dina. Yeah. Is the whole uh, purpose for the uh, you know the termination clause? I mean, if you don't sell beyond you know two fifty or whatever, then right. But a lot of will accept that termination clause or a reversion clause. They won't, you know. They won't allow me to negotiate one in. 
Well, and and wasn't there a publisher not too long ago that was all over the internet because they weren't paying yeah. and refused to revert the rights and if if an author said anything, they were coming after him for defamation and all kinds of shit. Mm -hmm. So, I, okay, because it's in a contract, doesn't mean everyone's going to um, adhere to the contract. Mm -hmm. But um, I would like to think in in an honest society, we would, as as people, <clears throat> feel that the contract was binding because it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, if, if you sell such and such, and regardless of how many you're selling, um, you know, your book could not hit until like a year and nine months after it's been published. And all of a sudden, oh my God, it's taken off like wildfire. Well, this publisher has only signed for two years. Mm -hmm. Well, why would a publisher do that? Well, I'm just saying. Well, and a lot of publishers will have, you know, you can re-up the contract or... Yeah, I was going to say, there's a renewal clause in there. Right, right. Or it's a, the, the contract says, this, this contract is good for five years and automatically renews for every year after that unless otherwise stated or whatever. Um, unless unless you let us know, certified mail 90 days before the right. termination. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. So, well, Dino... What is, see, if you've read your own fucking contract, <laughs> what's the, for the publishing, not for the distribution contract, for the publishing, what is the standard term of publication? As I mean, no, is it two years? Because it, then don't you have to start out with a specific amount of time? No. Um, my contract reads that I will have you in print in 18 months from the time that you've uh, turned over your manuscript in full form. After that, I'm going to keep selling your ass, and as long as I'm selling your ass, you're mine. If I stop selling, if the book stops moving, then you can have it back. But as long as I'm putting the effort in and I'm selling your book, you know, leave me alone. Let me sell your book. You know, quite frankly, cash your check and be happy. Because the contract doesn't have, but it, but there's no like term of contract. This contract lasts for five years or for the length of the um, copyright or anything like that. See, I, I thought the contract was two years. Length of the copyright. Cop isn't copyright like 75 years? I know. I've seen copyright. It, is, it is 75 years. Length of mm -hmm. copyright. Yeah. It, to be honest, it, contracts, in, in my opinion, it's it's a great framework to uh, for a relationship. If I'm not doing my job, fire me. If you're not doing your job, I'll fire you. Right? But if we're selling books, if we're happy, you're going to be happy. Your cash checks and so on. I always tell my authors that I want them to have everything in writing because it's easy to say, you know, let's be friends and, you know, everything's cool. But then if somebody pisses somebody off, then, you know, you don't have any framework to work with. Yeah. Um, you know, it, yeah. You, you, you got to have something that, say, you said you would do this and you said you'd do this right. and you'd do yeah. any of that. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. That's that really, that really is important. Yeah. And it should be said that there are just as many authors that don't hold up their end oh, of the contract as mm -hmm. publishers. And I think Dino, no, Dino's back now. But he did freeze for a second like this. <laughs> but, um, I'm old man. I got gas. <laughs> thanks for sharing. <laughs> don't call yourself an old man. You're not old. 
Because if you're old, then I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because we're the same age. Not quite, but close enough. Um, So, I'm shedding. (laughs) You are. Actually, I think you're molting chicken shit. Chicken shit? Okay. So, um... I would I would say that uh, a good initial term for a contract would be about four years. For what? Shut up! I'll talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, think think of what goes in. Okay, think think of the worst case scenario. Okay, on average, I put in you know eight to twelve grand into a book, right? And let's just say the book is selling minimally. It's it's only selling, you know, maybe uh, twenty units a month. You know how long it's going to take for me to get my money back? And we're still in contract because we're selling units. It, it is moving, moving at a snail's pace, but I might not get my money back for eight years. And why would I have a contract that terminates in four years if I can't get my money back for eight? Well, then you want to make your contract for at least eight years. <laughs> well, here we go. This, this, well, but you don't. I see his point. You don't know. No. You might think, oh, this book is going to fucking fly off the shelf. Well, it's going to be have a couple of those, don't we? And then it actually comes to pub date, and you know you're having trickles of sales. You're not having the the deluge that you were you were planning on. So I see his point. So you don't know every book's going to take eight years to sell. Um, But by the same token, as an author, you don't want, you want to have a a end date in mind. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Okay. I've always been curious about this. Why would the author want an end date to the distribution of their public, their their work? What would they do? Because you don't want to be tied to the publisher forever. And, and if it's selling, if it's selling, then renew the contract beyond whatever that year is. Yeah. That length of time is, and that's cool. But if it's not selling, the author um, needs the opportunity to get out. And yeah, we have the reversion clause, um, but also, you know, you want to have. The co- any contract lasts for a specific length of time, um, and a publishing contract is no different. Well, it's so so we're back to the whole, you're back to the to the to the uh, issue. If it is selling, you're still in contract. Well, if you're if it's selling and it's within the time frame of the contract, say five years, the contract lasts five years, um, then you know everybody's happy. If it's still within the five years and it's not selling. Uh, up to the threshold of whatever you have put in the reversion clause, it's not selling, and you, then the author can can request their rights back. If it's selling awesome and you get past that five years, then you can renew the contract, and you know everybody's making money. But that's that's my whole point. Okay, right. Why would that even be an issue you brought up? If it's selling, it's selling. If it's not, it's not. Why why would there be even an issue of a, a time clause? The the issue is the only issue that 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 that, that makes sense. Is, is it selling or not? If it's selling, it's in contract. If it's not, it's out of contract. Well, I think that just because everything should have a and this contract is good. And beyond that, we will, you know, renegotiate, 
maybe we want to try to renegotiate better percentages or you know whatever. Um, and but every five years or however long the contract is, that's the length of time that this contract is good. And then at the end of five years, we'll either re-up it or you know decide what we want to do. Um, I don't like the idea of something just kind of being hanging, you know, and not knowing if there's a term to it or. Um, well, the term is clear. The term is clear. As soon as it stops selling, you're out of contract. No, she's saying she does not like the idea of having a contract that continues into infinity. Right. And actually, even even with the, she wants a date. Well, again, yeah, this goes, back to, this goes back to you know really really wanting you know you know contractual law mm -hmm. to, to fairly understand what a imperpetuity actually means. Imperpetuity is written into a lot of contracts. It's even written into your contract for your insurance company. It's in right, there. I've never seen that. Automatically renews no matter what. So yeah, I've never seen a publishing contract that's in perpetuity. It always has a term to it. I've, 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 I've never seen a publishing contract that doesn't have a term to it. I mean, the term may be the length of um, the copyright. But it's still, there's always a term, a length of time that this contract is good for. Mm. Well, and <laughs> that is... Into one of my contracts, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> in that instance, I would say that, um, you know, if, say, the book that, that you know, we had invested $18,000 in, and was just barely trickling in, barely trickling in, barely trickling in. Well, say five years from now, the author wanted to get the rights back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, in a perfect world, you would say, common sense would say, well, you have to reimburse all monies that have been fronted and spent to this date for the print run that we didn't recoup, for the audio production that wasn't recouped, you know, everything that was, so, you, you know, you have to get like really technical about your accounting because you have to be able to say this, this was an expense, this was an expense, this was an expense, and then, you know, come up with an agreement to purchase those rights back. Well, no, the author doesn't purchase the rights back. That's part of the contract is that, I mean, when everybody enters into the contract, the publisher is taking the risk that, they're going to make money on the book. The author is taking the risk that, you know, I'm giving you the right to publish my book and hoping that you'll make money for me. Um, and you're the only one who has the exclusive right to, to have it for the term of this contract. If the author or if the uh, publisher offers an advance to the author, um, say $5,000, and the author doesn't sell out that 5000 I have seen um, clauses that say that the author has to pay that back, but I always try to get rid of that because that's not fair to the author. Um, because the publisher is saying, by signing this person, they're taking the risk and saying, I think I can sell your book and make that money off of it. Um, that's just part of the business. It's like I'm opening a hamburger stand and I'm taking a risk that I can sell enough hamburgers to make a living off of. Um, there's no contract that says, you know, um, you're going to give me the hamburger back if 
or whatever. You know what I'm saying? If I can't so, sell it, you better buy that damn meat back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, what form would you like it back in? I know. <laughs> so, but if you don't, but if the publisher does not offer an advance to the author, the author is not in any way obligated to pay back the publisher's expenses because those are the publisher's expenses of doing business, um, and you accept those that as your expenses of doing business. Um, and if you are not able to recoup that, those are losses. But um, it's not the author's responsibility to pay you back for your losses. Unless there was something in the contract that said that the right. author did hold up their end of the bargain to either promote the book or do something. Right, right. And I, I think that's there. pretty right. standard that is, you know, well, you know, I would like to say that over the course of the last five years, authors have gotten intelligent, have gotten educated enough about the whole process that even if you are with a big six or big five or three, is it three? <laughs> big three, girl. There's only three. We've lost. We've well, lost, also lost over sixty percent of our distribution channels for the past four years have been completely decimated. They're gone. You don't have the distribution we used to have. You right. don't have the publishers we used to have. Yeah. We're now stuck with three. And of the three, there's one idiot that thinks that everything should be online only. So, no, we're screwed. So, sure well, we're screwed. well, what I'm saying is, is that that the authors now realize, look, you still got to sell your shit. It doesn't matter if you have a contract and you got a $20,000 advance. You still have to sell your manuscripts you have to talk up your titles you have to you know be and especially in the fiction realm fiction realm gets it a hell of a lot better than the nonfiction realm gets it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well publishing doesn't have the uh, marketing budget it used to um, you know, now they sort of expect authors to do pretty much all of it on their own. You know, and then and then you have like um, J.R. Ward. Yeah. I guess it was like eight. Well, let's see. We Bossy Baby just turned seven, so it was like six and a half, seven years ago. I was watching TNT, and she had a commercial on broadcast television, which was unheard of. Rarely. I mean, yeah, you would see like fifteen minute. Or 15 second, check it out, you know, and that's it. It was like long enough to flash it on the screen and say available at bookstores, and that was it. Right. But I mean, she had a full one minute Jeez. commercial, I mean, fully done commercial for one of the Black Dagger Brotherhoods, <laughs> and that was like game changer. Now you have book trailers. Where yeah. are you putting them? God, anywhere you fucking can. And, and you know they they go through an ebb and flow. You have book trailers are like on everyone's tip of their mouth. And please, for fuck's sakes, if you are doing a book trailer, make sure you own the rights to the music, or it's in a public domain and to the video. Do not use a movie trailer and add your fucking book title to it. <laughs> I saw that, and someone said, oh, it's fan-made. Yeah, well, they're going to lose their ass, too, because that's someone else's inter in intellectual yeah. property. Yeah. And um, 
I posted about that in the bitches. Did y'all see that one that I was talking about? Uh, I don't think so. Well, Dino doesn't see it because he does not have a vagina. <laughs> Sorry, Dino, you're not a bitch. He's he's not That's one right. of the bitches. But, I mean, I saw this and I was like, holy shit, someone is going to get in so much fucking trouble over this. <laughs> I don't care if it's fan-made or not. It, it wasn't fair use any way you look at it. It was used for a commercial purpose to sell this author's book. Right. And, you know, there was, like, Matt Damon was in it, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's a fucking socialist, but he don't want his fucking face associated with your porn. <laughs> so, I mean, but that was just me. <laughs> in my personal opinion, ever what so the, humble. What? Shut up. What are, the, what are the chances they'll actually see it? I don't know. It was getting shared a lot there over like two weeks. I don't know if it was ever pulled or anything, but for like I mean, a, a two-week period, it was getting it, shared a lot. Get wind of it, kind of thing, and then hell would rain down on the people. So yeah, <clears throat> Matt doesn't have to see it, but somebody in that community would. Yeah, yeah. You know they they've got fucking people that are working for um, the movie industry and you know, the entertainment industry, and you think they're not seeing that shit? They're seeing it, I guarantee you. They got interns sitting, and that's their fucking job to scour. And it, it's so easy to do an, a reverse image search. I guarantee you that shit came up on someone's someone's radar. So, And there's, there's all kinds of places you can get, you know, video clips. You know, you can get some for five video clips for like 45 bucks. You can get a year's worth for, I think the latest one that video blocks is coming out with was a, a year's worth for um, $189, I think. So, I mean, it's easy to get the fucking videos, the video clips to do your own trailers. God, and I went off on a fucking tangent. Who would have guessed it? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see my sense of anarchy bobbleheads? <laughs> Is this commercial time? Yeah. No, I'm just saying I'm I'm gonna give these away to people who sign up to be on our master bloggers list. Awesome. Cool. Is there a gender requirement? <laughs> Look, if, if you want to sit and and fondle Jacks, um, let's see. Let me look at it. Is Fuck, I'm blind. So if you want to look at Jax and who's the old man? Teller. No, what's his name? Uh, Clay. 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 And Gemma, the fucking evil bitch mother they from have hell. Gemma in there? my oh. hero. Um, Teller and Opie. Opie. Everyone needs Opie. Opie's dead. Well, you know what? They're all fucking oh, dead. <laughs> They're all fucking dead. <laughs> As of the end of, of season seven, they're all fucking dead, so. Yeah, I didn't see that. I mean, in memorial. Wait a minute. Literally, they, they killed them off in the season, in the episode? They're all dead. I, I think Opie died, like, season three or four. Um, Clay died season six. Gemma, seven. And Jack, seven. There you go. I gave the whole fucking show away. Shoot. And <laughs> well, you, can send, you can send your hate mail to, you know, what's your address? <laughs> yeah. At ebookbuilders at gmail.com. Right. 
Yeah, so that's <laughs> Gmail. Send it to my Gmail. I don't give a flying fuck. I think I might hit the pub tonight. Mm-hmm. I have makeup on, and I have my eyelashes. I might hit the pub. And my Benadryl's kicking in, so I'm like... So, Ren is off on another planet. So, yeah. I know. I, I Thank you for giving me your input about contracts. Sure, Margaret. We're not done, are we? We just got started. We got seven <laughs> minutes. I guess if we're not done, you better fucking puke it out right now, dude. We have 18 more clauses to go through. <laughs> I don't think I have energy for 18 more clauses tonight. She's like, she, she All right. Margaret's sitting going, fuck, y'all people are exhausting. <laughs> we, we, haven't got, like, we haven't got to the, to the meat, the heart, and soul of a contract. That's a whole other show, Dino. It's a whole other show. Oh. I know. Maybe sh- this should be part one. There you go. It should be like a seven, an eighteen-part series. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. But after this is over, I think uh, Margaret, you should stick around and talk to me and Dino, and we'll kick <laughs> Janet out. Um. Actually, we've only got five minutes, so I guess we can call it a night. Well, wait, okay, Margaret, what side of town are you on, or what, what side of the country are you in? <laughs> I was like, what, what side of town? What side of town? Well, not in I actually live in North Dakota, so I'm like way up north. So we can I've tried for like a year to get her to Oklahoma or something like that? What's that? So we'll meet in Oklahoma? Yeah, there you go. It's not the good one, no. In actually, there's actually a um, an event thunder in Oklahoma or some such shit. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma's like way south of me. I think I've got South Dakota and Nebraska and is Kansas north of Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. Kansas and then Oklahoma. Yes, it is. Let me buy you a map. <laughs> hey, I got it right. You got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Oklahoma's way north of us, too, so. He's an English professor, not a geography professor. So, um, that's all you got. All right, goodbye. All right, all right. So, um, on behalf of myself and Margaret and Dino and Ren, And that is it for Badass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.